Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast here on Cleveland.com. I am joined in this podcast by Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Now the format's a little different today. What you're going to hear is audio from our post-game video that we do after every game. That's going to be the first part of the pod. And then we're going to take a break. And in the second part of the podcast, Mary Kay, Ashley, and I break down a little more Cade York and a little bit more of the offense. This is a little bit of a, a quicker post-game pod. We're a little more focused on giving, bringing you a longer pod uh, tomorrow or early Monday, kind of projecting the 53-man roster. So that's going to be coming up. But we wanted to give you something here off the Browns' loss to the Chiefs and especially uh, talking a little bit of Cade York. So, again, it's going to be the audio off of our post-game video. I know that sounds very confusing. The audio off of our post-game video in the first part of the pod. Then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to flesh things out a little bit more in the second part of the pod. appreciate you all listening. Let's do this. Browns losers in Kansas City in their preseason finale, and they lose the game 33-32 on a Cade York blocked kick. Uh, So, of course, once again, we have to start our recap video with Cade York. Mary Kay, I had asked you on our podcast on Thursday if there was a scenario where we would be talking about Cade York's job. And, well, lo and behold, we have found that scenario. So you heard from Kevin Stefanski after the game heard from Cade York after the game. What is your big takeaway about the kicking situation right now? Did I answer that if he misses another potential game winning kick? <laughs> you might have. You act, Yeah, you actually might have. I think I did. Um, and lo and behold, here we are uh, talking about Cade York again. If you're talking about your kicker this much after every single preseason game, there's a problem and there is an issue. And it was the first time after um, after a game that Kevin Stefanski actually hinted at something other than, yes, we have the utmost confidence in Cade York. When I asked him, uh, do you have to at least explore your options Uh, you know, with roster moves coming up and whatnot. And he said, you know, it's something that we will talk through. So he, you know, he didn't absolutely say no, he didn't say yes, but he left the door open a crack that perhaps maybe, maybe they have to take a look at this. Ashley, you just can't ignore it for much longer. Um, You know, these guys were coming up on Cincinnati on September 10th. There are wins on the line, jobs on the line. If you're not sure about your kicker, you, you can't just look the other way. Yeah, I mean, he just does not make it easy. He has not made it easy this preseason. And I think like there is still so much the the fact that they put so much into him, right? Especially in their draft capital and the fact that they went out and drafted him. But I think like with how close scores are in the NFL anymore, like it's really hard to just gamble on everything's going to be fine without, you know, I think at the very least it's a phrase they use a lot. Like you have to do your due diligence, especially once these roster cuts start happening. Um, If someone ends up out there that you didn't think maybe would end up out there. um, I think you just really have to be paying attention. I mean, there's the common veteran guys names that always get thrown out like Crosby, right? Like that's maybe the most popular one. Um, but I think it's, it's really fair to question at this point because you can't have him shaky or, you know, dealing with the mentality portion of this. Once the regular season starts, there's too much at stake. We should also mention he missed an extra point in this game. Uh, there was a penalty on it. He was actually injured on the play too, but the kick itself missed pretty badly, uh, before the contact happened on that play. So a lot of concerns about Cade York. That wasn't the only thing though, in this game, Mary Kay, we got a chance to see the first team offense. Now, granted it was going against mostly Kansas city, second teamers, but what were your impressions of Deshaun Watson and this offense today? 
Well, you know, I thought it st started out pretty, pretty rough. I mean, you know, they, they fumbled the ball away on, you know, the exchange between Jordan Wilkins and Deshaun that happened twice. Um, and you wouldn't expect that to happen when you're dealing with Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford, although Jerome hasn't practiced very much. Um, but, you know, so that was the, the opening drive. And then they went three and out on their second drive. Uh, I thought Deshaun was, you know, a little off in the beginning, uh, but then he kind of pulled it together. He threw a nice touchdown pass to uh, David Njoku. He completed a nice uh, long 53 yarder to Amari Cooper to set up another touchdown. So he did what he, what he needed to do. He pulled it back together. He put two touchdowns on the board. It wasn't perfect. Uh, but I think once they start game planning and they have everybody at their disposal, I think it will look a lot better. Yeah, you don't come away blown away, Ashley, but I do think at least it wasn't, <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't a disaster, right? We're not talking about the offense like we are the kicking game. Uh, there were certainly positive signs from it. Yeah, I mean, I think Mary Kay talked about it, that 53-yard pass from to, from Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper. Like, that was one of the plays that I highlighted. I think I wrote about it in my story that was just kind of giving my thoughts on that extra long, almost hour-long first quarter that we all sat through. Uh, because to me, it's like that play kind of symbolizes so much of what we talk about with Deshaun Watson. And I know I've, I've brought this up recently about that. He's the kind of guy that's going to he's going to hold on to that ball to try to make the explosive play. And I think you saw that if you go back and rewatch um, that 53 yarder there. But yeah, at first I'm like, uh oh, this is not this is not the best scenario here, um, especially with those two fumbles, which the second one definitely looked like it was um, Jordan Wilkins fault. But yeah, it was tough early. And then they kind of did what they needed to do to get out of it. And Mary Kay, the defense, you've talked about this for, for years now with this defense turnovers. Uh, now, again, not against Patrick Mahomes, not against the Kansas City starters, but you you feel good about it when they dominate a group of players they are supposed to dominate. And this starting defense looked dominant today for the Browns. One note, though, of course, there was one bad thing. Denzel Ward is now in the concussion protocol. But other than that, a good day for this starting defense. Yeah, it was a good day for the starting defense. Once again, as you mentioned, and we have to note it, uh, that they were going against the backup. So you would expect that they're going to look good. Uh, Miles Garrett did not play in this game uh, and a couple of other guys. But And as you mentioned, there were some injuries, Denzel leaving with the concussion, uh, you know, some linebackers left for a little while, Jordan Elliott. So we'll update everybody on more of those injuries tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the, the defense did... Uh, did get those takeaways. And that is what they're going to have to do this year. It's the name of the game. And I think when you're starting to see them in preseason, I think that's going to carry over into the regular season. I think uh, that this team is very geared towards doing that. And they come in bunches. And I think this team uh, is going to find a way to get them. And again, Ashley, it's just you like to come away from this feeling like, hey, they did this. They did what they were supposed to do against a group of players they were supposed to do it against. Right. It's that delicate balance of like not wanting to put too much stock into the good, right? Like you're never as good as your best moments and you're never as bad as your worst moments. And I think that that definitely applies to this defensive performance. It's great to see them with the takeaways after it was a category they struggled um, so much with last year. They finished middle of the pack, I think like 15th or whatever um, in total takeaways last year. So it, it's good to see that against 
just them doing what they are supposed to be doing, um, even though it wasn't the Chiefs starters. Um, and it, it's just encouraging, I think, at least to see that it's this far along. But it's also like encouraging to see that Jim Schwartz was not all that happy at halftime when he did his interview um, with News 5 on the sideline and, and talked about the things that they still have to work on. So it was a very, very Jim Schwartz interview, I think, in my opinion. And before we go, let's just touch on a couple of those injuries. I mentioned I mentioned Denzel Ward in the concussion protocol. Mary Kay, you mentioned Jordan Elliott leaving the game. Jordan Kanashik left the game with a knee injury. He was ruled out pretty quickly as well. Um, so that's certainly something to keep an eye on. And of course, the big injury today was Jakeem Grant on the opening kickoff return, has worked so hard to come back from that Achilles. Uh, now he's dealing with another injury, was carted off with an air cast. So before we go, uh, what can what kind of update can you give us here on Saturday, a few hours after the game? Yeah, I, I found out after the game that he has what is believed to be a broken patellar. That's basically a broken kneecap. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, I'm told that that is not necessarily season ending. Uh, but if there's a tear in there as well, that would be season ending. So they're, they're hoping that that's not part of it. Um, and an MRI will confirm uh, whether or not it is truly a broken patellar, but that that is what they believe that it is. Uh, he was in excruciating pain, and as you mentioned, very, very hard to see him go off like that, knowing what he's been through, what he came back from uh, with the ruptured Achilles last year. I was shocked that he looked as good as he did uh, in this preseason, so fast, so explosive. I mean, you could have 100% put him on your 53 and been rock solid with that. He was going to make this football team. And Ashley, um, you know, look, this is a, a cold world, the NFL. Um, Jakeem Grant's injury, unfortunate, but it could open up a roster spot for someone else. Yeah, I mean, the the common name that gets thrown out there, I think, in that receiver room is what's this going to mean for a guy like Austin Watkins Jr.? But I'm also like, what does it mean for, like, Demetric Felton, who now suddenly, you know, he looked like he made, like, at least one big mistake in this game where he missed a blitz pickup, but... Again, when you talk about return potential with him, he's one of the few guys that I think can handle that, that they would feel at least okay about it, even if he's not going to make um, the huge kind of same explosive plays uh, that a Jakeem Grant's going to make. It does give you another option, especially while Jerome Ford is still dealing with that hamstring injury. So it, it definitely could, I think, open up a spot for a guy that maybe wouldn't have made the 53 otherwise. Okay, Browns preseason is finally over for preseason games in the books. The next time we do a post-game video, it will be after a real football game on September 10th. we got lots more videos coming your way before that first, though. And also full coverage of today's game, roster cutdowns, everything you need to know about this team at cleveland.com slash Browns. Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So like I said in the intro, that was the audio off of our video that we post on our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube and search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. You can also find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk. And then, of course, become a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. We sent a ton of texts during today's game. So uh, we were doing, I was doing a Q&A during the game. We were sending injury updates, all sorts of stuff. So if you become a football insider, that's part of the package. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. So for this, we're going to come back with a, a bigger, like 53-man roster pod on Sunday. But just to kind of wrap this game up a little bit more, uh, let's go back to some of those topics from the beginning. And let's just talk a little more, Kate York. Mary Kay, what does this look like? 
moving forward? Is this bringing in competition for Cade? Is this just waving Cade York? I, I mean, what what happens here in in the next few days with this Cade York situation? What do you ultimately think this looks like? Is it, you know, and I'll also say this. Sorry, what is there still a chance he's the kicker on September tenth? You know what? The way that they keep expressing confidence in him makes me think that they are really going to continue to go all Daniel Carlson and not want to give up on him the way that the Vikings did on their young kicker, Daniel Carlson. There's a large part of me that really wonders about this. I think that if they decide to bring in another kicker or go in another direction, I think it's going to be um, a vigorous debate inside the building because I think that there are a number of people that still 100% firmly believe in Cade York and that he has to kick himself out of this. But here's what I think, and I do truly believe this. There are some uh, players and they're, you know, some, some kickers, some receivers, whatever that, you know, we watch them in practice. They're amazing. They do a great job when the lights come on right now, for whatever reason, Cade York is not performing when the lights are on. And it is the weirdest thing. Anthony Schwartz has a tendency to be in the same boat. We see him practice. He looks great. He goes out in the game and he doesn't perform when the lights are on. And that's of course, when you are needed to be at your best. So be, while he's going through this slump, I think they need to have plan B. And why do I believe that? Because they've got three AFC North games in their first four weeks. They can't afford to have a slumping kicker. I mean, if they want to keep him around somehow and, and hope that he can work through this, that's fine. I don't know how they would do that because, you know, whatever. Do you cut him and then just put him back on the practice squad? Um, but I think they need to address it. And I think they need to uh, realize that, um, you know, this just isn't something that, that is is going to easily work itself out. And that's part of the problem, because when Mary Kay says, like, do you cut him and put him on the practice squad? I still feel like somebody out there would take a flyer on him. Like he was still, a you know, a highly rated kicker out of LSU. I feel like there's some team out there that would grab him off of waivers uh, if, if the Browns went that route. You know, Ashley, I just I understand not wanting to give up on him, but this is such a like Mary Kay was saying, such a delicate balance of like, you don't want to give up on him, but what happens if week one, he misses a kick that could win you that game? I, I mean, that's, you said it in the video that it's such a thin line between winning and losing. And I just can't imagine what it, what that environment is like if he's standing at the 40 yard line, having just missed a potential game winning kick against the Bengals in week one. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to to wonder how long they're going to let this leash get. And and yeah, that was like my first thought after hearing those interviews on the broadcast today, like with Andrew Barry, um, with Paul DePodesta, and then obviously what, what Kevin Stefanski said, I think being like the first time, and Mary Kay said this, like where it seemed like, oh, well, there could be something, you know, that they end up doing. But I, I still think like the fact that they're going to get up there and say like how confident they are in him, um, you know, of course, like they're not going to get up there and say, oh, yeah, he's we're totally we're ready to move on. This has been awful. Like he can't get it together. Like they wouldn't say anything like that. Right. Um, especially this these guys that are in charge of this team right now. Um, but I just think like it's it's interesting that they have so much tied up into him. Like I kind of understand where the thinking is of, well, we don't want to let him go and just let somebody else pick him up. And then he works his way out of the slump and we lost the guy who we thought could be our kicker for however many, the next, however many years. Um, but if, 
that's a big gamble to make and for it to not pay off. And I wonder if they're a little too close to the situation and knowing how much they put into him. But I mean, the flip side of that is, are they just thinking, well, he got into a similar situation in college and kicked himself out of it. So we're expecting him to be able to do that here. I mean, it's just a different ball game in the NFL and kicking in the NFL is a totally different ball game than kicking in college, even though he kicked in the SEC, in some of the biggest environments in college football. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you solve this for sure. Um, but it's it's not an easy decision right now, I don't think, for anybody in that building. We should mention, too, here, since since we're kind of on the podcast portion, here, we have a little more time. Um, he got a little testy in the post game. Now, I, I was not there. I just saw a video of the end of it. Uh, but he was in a post-game scrum, and he got a little bit testy. Um, kind of just sounded like he thought there were there were too many questions being asked. Like maybe he was waiting for that thing to get shut down. Uh, but you know, Mary Kay, that's always a hard environment for a player, right? When you've just had a you've just missed another kick, you're you know you're feeling that pressure, and now you've got cameras and microphones in your face, but. On the one hand, I can't imagine there were that many cameras and microphones in his face because there, there aren't that many Cleveland media at this game. Um, and secondly, like that's part of the job. You, you know, you have to be able to handle it. Do you take anything away from, you know, Cade's mentality, kind of hearing how that that postgame presser went? Well, you know what, to peel back the curtain here a little bit on how these things go sometimes post-game so that uh, so that our fans can have a little bit of an understanding of it. I think this is important. Um, you know, there are not very many people here uh, from the local Cleveland media. It's basically me, Chris Easterling from the Akron Beacon Journal, and Tony Grosty from ESPN Cleveland were the only, you know, beat writers that were here. And um and so, you know, we divide things up when there's so few of us and Tony and I go to Kevin so that we can get in all those questions for Kevin. And then Chris, you know, runs into the, you know, obviously you guys are usually at, at all of the games too, but you can't always do that for preseason. And um, so Chris ran into the locker room uh, to try to get Cade. And when you only have one beat writer in there, and then there's like, you know, maybe one or two cameras or something, poor Chris was the one who had to ask all of the questions. I mean, it's not fair. It puts him in an uncomfortable situation, but that's just the way it is. And so, yes, he did have to ask question after question. But if you listen to the Kevin Stefanski press conference, you know, it's me and Tony, like we're in there asking, like he could have said, dude, <laughs> enough <laughs> the way that Kate did to us, because we were, you know, we had to ask all the questions too. So that's kind of how that went down. And I do get it from, from Kate's standpoint, you know, he wants to make the kick. He's tired of answering these questions. Um, and when it seems like one person is badgering you, uh, you can get, you can get testy. Uh, but what he obviously doesn't understand is that if I had had the opportunity to be in there and if Tony could have been in there or if anybody else could have been in there with us, then each one of us would have asked one of those questions and it wouldn't have been, um, Hey dude, that's enough, which is what, what Chris got. And, you know, I felt bad for him. It wasn't his fault. It was just the position he was put in. And, um, you know, I don't think it necessarily says too much about Cade because, you know, if he doesn't understand what I just explained, then it would come off like that to him. Um, so I, I can see it from both sides. Yeah. I, you know, again, I wasn't there. Um, you know, Ashley wasn't there. Neither of us have talked to Chris about it. So I, I don't know. It's, it's probably not fair for me or Ashley to really comment too much on it. Um, Cause we've just seen 
social media videos. So we'll we'll avoid that pitfall uh, if, if it is actually one of those. Um, OK, so let's real quickly touch on the offense. That's kind of what I'm most interested in, um, sort of how this starting offense looked. I mean, the defense looked great. They forced a bunch of turnovers, but I don't know if that quarterback is going to be in the league very long based on what I saw in this game. So great job out of them. You love to see it. You send the video, Mary Kay, those things come in bunches, maybe build some momentum. The offense, though, is what I was most interested in, Ashley. So the Jordan Wilkins fumbles kind of take those out of it. Everything else, what what did you see? What kind of stood out to you? Yeah, you know, I think like the the Jordan Wilkins fumbles are interesting in and of themselves to me because like there's been this question of they bring him in, like, is he going to have a role? Like, I mean, I said it, I think, in the earlier portion, like I think things kind of opened up for Demetric Felton today, despite him not having a perfect day either. Uh, because I think when you're having those kind of like miscommunications with the starting quarterback and your Jordan Wilkins, even though you just got here, um, it's kind of late to iron those things out. And I don't think those things happen if Nick Chubb is in the game, right? So I don't think I was too overly concerned um, by that portion of it. But, you know, I just I think I keep going back to I think Deshaun Watson today for the most part, like I didn't we didn't really see much like gimmicky stuff with Elijah Moore, which I think that's both good and bad. I don't think you want to risk him getting injured and show everything you can do. Um, So I think there's still more to come with that. I just like overall that I thought he took some nice chances today. And I think I said that play with Amari Cooper to me um, is the best example of that. And just waiting for his shot, finding it, taking it, holding on to the ball a little bit longer than a lot of other guys would. Um, And I think that's what he needs to do. I think that's why part of the um, offensive line learning to block for him has been such a learning process at times because he does do things like that. Um, But I definitely, I think I come away from today being like, okay, that was pretty good. um, But that there's more to what they showed today. Yeah. I mean, Mary Kay, I thought Deshaun, there were some, there were a couple of missed throws. There was, there was one that was kind of low. I think it was to Elijah. Um, There were a couple of misses. The final numbers weren't incredible. Um, You know, the big play did come out of structure, but that's, part of Deshaun Watson that's that's one of the reasons why you go get him is because oh right when you think he's down and gonna get sacked no he escapes and makes a big throw to Amari Cooper so um that that's fine I I thought it was I thought it was okay I didn't think it it, it didn't blow me away necessarily but I thought they they showed what they needed to do and I thought they got good work in uh especially because they did have one drive short-circuited with a fumble and and another one became more difficult because of a fumble Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, there were things about it that really gave me pause. You know, the way that they started, I was thinking, geez, this is not looking good whatsoever against the second teamers of the Kansas City Chiefs. It needs to look better than this. Um, But, you know, then they pulled it together. You know, again, it's preseason. Everything must be taken with a grain of salt. They are not game planning anything. Uh, They don't have Nick Chubb out there. They're not you know, trying to do, you know, certain things the way that they're going to do. They're holding back a lot. And so I don't think that, you know, you can get too high or too low about these preseason games and these preseason performances. We have seen how preseason is fool's gold. You see guys light it up in preseason and it's just not reality. And then you see some guys struggle in preseason and then they go on to, you know, to have great success during the season. So again, He did some things that he needed to do. And what I thought was important is he shook off adversity. He shook off a bad start 
went out there, put a couple of touchdowns on the board, and that's what you want to see. Okay, uh, we got to go here. So um, again, just wanted to get a quick post-game pod up here uh, on Saturday night. We will be back. We'll try and do a, a 53-man roster projection. That, that always gets a little messy when you have three people trying to figure it out, but that's half the fun. So uh, we'll try and come up with a 53-man roster uh, on Sunday and, and into Monday for a podcast. And then Tuesday is the big day. The Browns have to cut their roster by Tuesday at 4 p.m. So of course, we'll cover all of that. Uh, one more time, everything you got to subscribe to. Start with this podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com there. Find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk there. We keep getting more followers. Donovan Peoples-Jones video, a lot of people like, so you have to at least go and check that one out. Uh, there's also a blooper up there too, so go see us make mistakes. And then um, I think that's it. No, uh, Football Insider, cleveland.com slash Browns. That's the big one. Blue banner at the top of the page for texting a newsletter and access to those stories on cleveland.com that are behind the paywall. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.